When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau's My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. <laughs> well, that was fucking abrupt. Okay. Aaron just threw that theme song. <laughs> I was like asking Jessica a genuine question and it just came on. I jumped. I don't know if Aaron saw me. Those trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good theme song though so it at least there's that <laughs> i really want people to like remix the theme song yeah agreed. i want like a trap remix of the of the theme song yeah like what they did with like the spongebob SquarePants. do we have a fan song. dedicated enough to do that susan no. susan uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no uh, uh, monica how are you i'm all right how are you you know yeah i'm here yeah, you're here. <laughs> I heard you got your second vaccination. I did get my second vaccination, which is why we couldn't do our normal recording day. So it is nighttime again. Yeah, you're. <laughs> it is nighttime again. <laughs> it's nighttime again. This feels like a cursed episode, really. But I, I don't hope think it, it is. Doesn't end up being. I think one. it's blessed. <laughs> I think we're blessed. just. I think that we are just blind to what the Lord is trying to do to us. This is all a part of God's plan. God's plan is to stand Daniel Kaluuya. Do not question his will. Do not question his will. His with a capital H. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you gave gave the daddy away right there. Uh 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 Oh. Now I know what you're thinking. Daniel Kaluuya, he's 32 years old. Is he a daddy? Does it qualify him? What? Definitely a daddy. Usually someone who we would classify as a baby daddy. But like this man is having a moment. He's having a sweet moment. Right now. Mm -hmm. And ever since he like really broke onto the scene, he's just kind of been nonstop. He's been killing it. Like so fucking good. And he's not playing like young boy roles like he's not like a timothy chalamet where he's playing like teenage boys i can't believe you think that timothy chalamet is a baby daddy (laughs) i mean Ah, he is a baby daddy you're hilarious he's very talented i'm sorry he is or i think so at least and we're back so (laughs) so i just proved to jessica all the ways why tim's kidding no she didn't there was no break (laughs) that was me i was fooling you it was me acting surprise surprise (laughs) but yeah so daniel kalia definitely a daddy i think at this point and i don't know we just really wanted to do him we just like the man yeah he's really good (laughs) he's really good and he's got the american accent down y'all don't get me started on his dialect work we're gonna get into that because it is just fire amazing it's truly impeccable yeah yeah like 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 actually (laughs) like to the point where usually i'm really good at telling whether or not an actor is like barely scraping by yeah i had no idea he was british when i saw i had no idea he was british no idea i had no idea that he was british i had no idea idea that he was part of the commonwealth like what the hell (laughs) what is that (laughs) what the hell oh my god yeah man 
Oh my, Daniel Kaluuya, he's part of the Commonwealth. It sounds like it's just a bad Australian accent now. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? I'm not a Kiwi. Oh no, that's not what they call them, I. I don't, what are they, Kiwis are Aussie, are, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Who, what oi, are New Zealanders oi, oi. then? Vegemite. Vegemite. And Aussies are just Put Aussies. it on your toast and have a bite. <laughs> oh, is that their theme song? I have no idea. If you're Australian, uh, write us First in. First of all, I love Unless you. you're so offended, you turn this off. I don't enjoy the arachnids in your country. No. How do you deal with that shit? How do you deal with them? They're so large. How do you deal with it fucking snowing in July? How do you deal with box jellyfish? <laughs> How? How do you deal with those rays that like, that like swim underwater and yeah. sting you? What are yeah. they called? Sting rays? Sting rays. <laughs> yeah. Killed Steve Irwin. Rip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get out of Australia for a second and back to the US. <laughs> out of Australia into Kaluuya. Ooh. Okay. I'm going to tell you about him. Daddy Daniel Kaluuya is a British actor, writer, and producer, and is the youngest daddy we've ever covered, coming in at a fresh 32 years of age. Ooh, that's like, he has all of his collagen in his skin. Yeah, so there's so much collagen. No the collagen is broken down. is... Uh, yeah, he's, he's got like a tight face, you know tight. what I mean? Tight. <laughs> he was bitten by the theater bug. <laughs> At the age of nine, when he started writing plays and acting in improvisational theater. The Iraq needs got him. <laughs> he first gained widespread attention for portraying the role of, quote, Posh Kenneth in the British TV series Skins. Yes. Also co-writing some of the episodes. After a string of small but notable television, film, and theater roles, Daniel had his big break with the starring role in Jordan Peele's 2017 horror film Get Out, a role which gained him his first SAG Golden Globe, BAFTA, and Academy Award nominations. Get out! Get out here, Daniel! Oh my god. Well, he did not win any of them. <laughs> he, which... did, he did win the BAFTA Rising Star Award that year, which is, which is pretty cool. <laughs> and what do you know? He is a star who did indeed rise. In the four years since his breakout role, Daniel has gained tons of critical acclaim for his roles in Black Panther, Queen and Slim, Widows, and finally, Judas and the Black Messiah, for which he won the 2021 Golden Globe Award for Best Supporting Actor, and is currently nominated for SAG, BAFTA, and Academy Awards. He did it again. Again. He recently formed his own production company called 59%, which is supposedly producing a film based on Barney and Friends. So Fuck here's yeah. hoping hoping that isn't uh, absolutely terrifying. I love you. You <laughs> love me. He apparently released a statement where he was like, it's going to be really subversive. And I just thought, I don't know what that's going to Daniel Kaluuya is my employer with a great big hug and, and a, a kiss, kiss from me to you. you. Oh, don't you say <laughs> I love him too. <laughs> he is a man who is having a huge moment in Hollywood, so we are stoked to deem Daniel Kaluuya an absolute daddy. I think he's the youngest, as we said earlier, but I feel like he's been crowned. Crowned by others and now crowned by us. Yeah. What a man. What a man. Ugh, he's just he's just so fucking good. And I feel like he's getting the recognition that he truly deserves. I feel like sometimes people 
will sort of like break onto the scene and like have a have like a moan. Peak too early. Like peak really, really early. And then like there's all this buzz around them mm-hmm. and then it fades. Agreed. I feel like that's not going to happen with Daniel Kaluuya because he's no. just so talented. He's really good. And and he and he can play an American really well. So well. So what is, what is the first movie? Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. It's Get Out. Oh shit. Uh, it came out in the ripe year of 2017 oh yeah we love that year (laughs) (laughs) written and directed by jordan peele of key and peele fame we love him another daddy (laughs) i know daddy peele shifted gears and is now (laughs) uh writing and directing horror films horror the horror he went opposite direction from comedy and went to horror Horror. so So here we are here we are (laughs) (laughs) so chris washington played by Daniel Kaluuya, which Lamau with the name, and Rose Armitage, played by Allison Williams, a bad bitch, have reached the meet the parents stage of dating. So she invites him for a weekend getaway to meet her mom, Missy, <laughs> aka Catherine Keener, aka a classic Karen. Oh, bad bitch, bad bitch. <laughs> Dad Dean, Bradley Whitford, oh, also yeah. a bad bitch. Bad bitch. <laughs> bad bitch energy. <laughs> And brother Jeremy, played by Caleb Landry Jones. Mm-hmm. At first, Chris reads the family's overly accommodating behavior as nervous attempts to deal with their daughter's interracial relationship. Uh huh. But as the weekend progresses, a series of increasingly disturbing discoveries lead him to a truth that he could have never imagined. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That ending, real fucked up. Real <laughs> fucked up. Um, TSA. <laughs> I'm TSA, bitch. Also, the <laughs> guy who plays, uh, I forget his name, was the friend. The is, friend. Is Lil Rel, and he's yeah. amazing. And he's so good. Um, I'm TS. I'm motherfucking T- A. I'm TS, motherfucking A. <laughs> First of all, mad respect for TSA agents. Yeah, mad respect. Y'all, y'all bad bitches out there. <laughs> Except for the ones of you who are unnecessarily mean. I know. Don't like, be mean. You just, you just come in with your fight face on and I'm like. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to Hawiiwee. <laughs> Why are you mad? Why are you mad? <laughs> um, but anyway, mad respect for y'all TSAs out there. <laughs> y'all the best. Y'all come through. Um, this movie I watched in the theaters. This movie well. I watched at home. This movie I watched on my computer. This movie I watched on my iPad. This movie I watched on my phone. I watched this movie on every screen imaginable. And on it every so good. And on every screen. Mm-hmm. Big and small. Big and small. It is magical. It's, it's it's so good. It is so good. It makes the back back of like the the what are those things? The hairs. The hairs, <laughs> the hairs on the back of my neck <laughs> stand up with titillation. <laughs> The the what are they what are what they, are they <laughs> ah. that reminded me of that scene in in Clue where she's like flames flames <laughs> on the good. side of my face that's so good um, <laughs> yeah so it is just like Jordan Peele's screenplay is fire yeah it's fire yeah it could have just been like a fucking radio play and i would have been down <laughs> yeah well, i mean will it also help that it was a blumhouse film mm-hmm. which just like notoriously good mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and the way that this movie opens i know this is about daniel kaluuya and we will get there we'll get there we just have to say you have <laughs> we to just say really you have, have to, to praise like the the filmmaking here mm-hmm. because the way that it starts with the music Ooh. and like the way the music is used in this in this movie is, is so is, smart and like smart and like haunting i <laughs> Let us know if you guys want us to like talk about soundtracks of certain films because I feel like 
I feel like that would be a cool like one off to do something. Sure, like a bonus episode. Yeah, like a bonus, like a boat. We're not talking like replacing content, y'all. Don't no. get don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't 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 cancel us. Don't, don't get it twisted. <laughs> I just mean like a special like if we're feeling frisky that week, want to give yeah. you an extra little ep. Yeah, break down some soundtracks. Soundtrack. The way that this movie uses music mm-hmm. is beautiful and terrifying. And so sc- <laughs> that fucking song oh my at god the beginning where that chant it, what, it's i think it's like um the chant in the beginning yes that's not the one i was talking about but i know the one you're talking about and yes that one's fucking scary yes yeah yes. it's like a traditional it is a like it's a, not that it is scary it creates the song itself is not scary the song just creates a sense of eeriness well they say something there's like the 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 chant the song is yes, in it's in the one Swahili. that i was talking about yes mm-hmm. and except there are like a few lines in english and the lines are very scary and eerie yes. no right yes yes and it just creates this sense of fear mm-hmm. like it um you know how so in like the exorcist the director uses like the sound of bees pretty much like the whole throughout like the whole movie to make mm-hmm. you feel on edge and you don't even know why you feel on edge yeah. because basically what it does is it like brings out this like primal sense or like this primal urge of like i need mm-hmm. to get out of here because yeah. bees have always bees have historically have not been our friends <laughs> In the way that we think. <laughs> um, and so in our minds, we're like, oh, let's run away. Yeah. It literally gives me that exact same vibe yes. of like, this is not a safe place. <laughs> well, there's lots of key, like clues in this movie of like literally get out. Mm-hmm. First the title, then this like opening song. And then there's the one that I was thinking of, which is the one that's playing in fucking in the car that's <gasps> yes. following um, yes. Lakeith Stanfield yes. at the beginning. Yes. And it's like, it's the run rabbit, run rabbit, yes. <laughs> which is horrifying. Oh, it's horrifying. That, that, that run opening rabbit, like, run rabbit that opening is is terrifying fucking chilling so man. yeah so and by the way lakeith stanfield an, yet another just top notch yeah, actor a big daddy who's in two of the movies we're talking about today. i know <laughs> um but anyway long story short we think that the opening of this movie is fucking fire it sets up this insane thrill ride that mm-hmm. you go on and the thing is what this movie does is it slaps you around <laughs> Yes. It literally just like slaps you around for being stupid and like not getting it. (laughs) It's actually so brilliant. And the way that like all of the, this is a brilliant piece of, first of all, this is like a brilliant piece of social commentary. Correct. Yeah. But it is also just a really well-made film and the director does his best to just slap you across the face Mm -hmm. with the information that you need and then subtly like inject you with venom whenever you whenever you're like slowly like getting into the movie exactly where it's like slowly like it's a slow burn but it's also like slapping across the face yeah it's crazy i highly recommend if you haven't already um because i remember this was really popular when the movie first came out is there's so much symbolism in this movie that yes. like you know that it means something but you might not understand right away while you're watching mm-hmm. it there's tons of articles you can read about like every little symbol in the movie and it's fucking fascinating yes. so highly recommend everything that. from like the symbolism of the deer to like the symbolism of the cotton that he's picking out of his um out of the chair into his yeah. ears like there's a whole plethora of like really intense and incredible mm-hmm. um symbols in this movie like Jessica yeah. said definitely check it out i had a fucking blast when this movie first came out like un- like watching it a million times and then like unpacking mm-hmm. what each symbol meant reading about new symbols uh it's just 
brilliant. It was it was so good. And what better vessel <laughs> to hold the symbols than Daniel Kaluuya? Than Daniel Kaluuya. Wow. Uh, especially because he's like the new guy in this movie. I mean, other than Caleb Landry Jones, who like total sidebar for a second, like is a really terrifying character in this in this movie but he's also like a brilliantly gifted actor on the side he's so fucking scary it's oh like, he's so scary he's so scary and he has like a trouty mouth and it's you're just crazy. like oh, you're like i don't want to mess with you like i'm really afraid of your face and i'm afraid you. of your body i'm afraid of you <laughs> but like daniel kaluuya has been in what skins up until this point yeah which by the way huge skins fan. skins uk serve it do to you me remember his platter. him in it i do oh. <laughs> but i mean he had done other things but like this was his this was his breakout role and he's up against like fucking bradley whitford and katherine keener and i mean allison williams isn't you know like huge but she had been on girls at that point like mm-hmm. she she knew how to hold her own and she things. was with <laughs> adam driver yeah like <laughs> come on girl exactly academy award nominated adam driver exactly <laughs> so like Daniel Kaluuya is fucking, you know, he's, he's like an, a he's a pillar in this movie. He's like the new kid on the block. He's got the fresh sneaks. He's got the fresh cut. He's like showing up. He's like saying like, hey, guys, I'm yeah. from Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> he's not from Las Vegas, no. but like sort of like showing up in like state, like claiming his like plot of land and saying like, yeah, this is my land now. Yeah. And but he like he does still keep his kind of like new kid on the block vibe, which I think is conducive to the role because he is literally new to their family and is such like a fish out of water and is so aware of how out of place he is. So like it worked really well. And I don't know if that was actually like his feeling as an actor or if it was just acting or either way it was fucking good. Either way, I think it, it lent to a really beautiful performance of like naivete and innocence and like not really understanding like what the fuck's going on because what's going on is crazy yeah because he's so incredibly vulnerable Mm -hmm. and really really scared and he very quickly reaches those emotional like checkpoints in this movie yeah like i think of the therapy scene which happens so early on but it's such a pivotal moment it's so good it's so good it's so good uh first of all Catherine, a bad bitch (laughs) i fucking love Catherine keener and her and daniel kaluuya just make that sweet magic together the sound of her voice Uh, is like low and kind of like slightly raspy it's slightly raspy it's like in a weird (sighs) place in her throat if that makes sense yeah and so like when she talks i listen yes So she plays a perfect therapist. She's very magnetic. She plays an incredible, like, I guess she's like, I guess she would be considered like a hypnotherapist. Yeah, like a hypnotherapist, I guess. Um, But anyway, Daniel Kaluuya around Catherine is just so like Mm -hmm. on edge, but he doesn't really know why. Yeah. You know, those people where you like their energy is so insane that you're like, you're kind of on edge around them and you have no (laughs) idea why. Like the way that I feel around you, Jessica, because your energy is just all over the place. You know, I get that a lot. It's like not right. (laughs) I make everything everyone nervous you make me so nervous like you make me want to go rob a bank you make me want like i just i don't understand <laughs> no, but, uh, thank you um but i know what, what? you mean <laughs> that's oh how God. we know that i am powerful okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um but no i i get what you mean he is like he's wary the whole time but he hasn't reached like the destination of like freaking the fuck out yet yeah until that therapy scene yeah but then he doesn't even know what happened 
Well, I think what you need to understand is like they vote if they could have voted for Obama a third time, they would have. Yeah, totally. So and obviously, make that clear to you. Obviously, that put him at ease. <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. Um, I I love the way that this movie handles like the family being in this like insane place of power and privilege, and yes. like them using his uncomfortability, like to their advantage yes and like almost like gaslighting him basically the whole movie into thinking that like the way he is feeling is not real yeah and that to me because as the as the viewer you're like am i uh, i'm picking up on this weirdness is this supposed to be weird yeah because they're acting like it's not which is why it's not until like the other black people also start gaslighting him because they have succumb to what his fate would have been tell them jessica <laughs> tell them what his fate I will, would have in been. just a moment but like it's not until that interaction with georgina the maid mm-hmm. where she like oh my god this actress i don't know her name but she's brilliant. she has this one like shining oh, scene where it's guttural where he's like asking her questions about the armitages yes which insane <laughs> and, name and, yeah really and she just like her smile is like frozen but in her eyes she's like screaming on the inside and she just uh keeps going like no 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 no." and then she starts like a single tear like trickles down her face and she's like kind of laughing and it's really (laughs) weird (laughs) and that's when daniel kalee goes oh so this is uh (laughs) there's some shit going on yeah which if you don't know, um, <laughs> spoiler, there, there be some shit going on. There be some serious shit. There be some serious shit going on <laughs> because Bradley's character in this movie is named, I guess, Doctor Armitage, uh-huh. Mister Armitage, yeah. whatever the fuck. Because his father was the guy who got beat out mm-hmm. by Jesse Owens for the gold in the something ninety something something Olympics. Olympics. Yeah, the Olympics of that year, yes. <laughs> the year in which Jesse Owens won the gold. Yes. So his father's a guy who got second and his whole thing is like and his whole thing is like okay well i got like my father got beat out by this Uh guy and it was by a millisecond but he still didn't win and like all this shit and he's like okay so he became fixated and this is where the social commentary is chef's kiss yes he got fixated on like the physicality and the strength Mm -hmm. of um the black male form yes and immediately became like transfixed and like obsessed Mm -hmm. with achieving it like we're talking like literally achieving it um by using like a brain transplant to like essentially adopt the body almost like as if you were the parasite or something Mm -hmm. invading like the host right yeah and so it really says a lot about like how America views like black bodies and, and mm-hmm. you know, on and on. And there's so many articles that like really perfectly well articulate what um, what Mr. Peel was going for. Correct. But sort of the way that Dana Coolio sort of plays into that is like feeling feeling like you don't belong in your own body or feeling like you are scared to exist in your body around a certain group of people. It's a very specific experience. And the way that Daniel Kaluuya handles this in this movie is downright like remarkable. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a massive statement just about like how black people are forced to conduct themselves in situations like this riskier and less risky 
in like in the world in general because he's literally be like they literally bid on his body so that they could take so it over somewhat some man could have part of his brain put into daniel Kaluuya's body so that he could inhabit his physical form and fucking live through it and so like that's <laughs> that's the shit we're dealing yeah so with. that be the shit that we're yeah. dealing with that be the crazy shit and yet he like he he has all this fear and all this anger and like shock and disbelief and but he needs to survive and so he's not like freaking the fuck out so he has all of these emotions but he's still like weirdly calm yeah and that's that's the part that is so impressive because at the end of the day it's just about survival well something that i have to sort of like inject here as far as like the calm goes is Mm -hmm. daniel kaluuya's eyes are beautiful yes so expressive he has such big expressive eyes Mm -hmm. and when he's calm he sort of droops them a little bit to make it seem like he's at ease but you can tell when he is calm and when his eyes are not like his eyes sort of become this like two just giant saucers yes that are like you know and y'all have seen it come on you guys have seen this poster (laughs) where he is like staring at the camera Mm -hmm, and he has tears shedding down his face and his mouth is agape and like all you can see all you can fixate on are these two big eyes that are like giving you they're serving it to you they're serving (laughs) you that i don't want to get my body uh, transplanted a brain into realness like that's what they're giving you (laughs) and so a big part of this is like his tenacity, right? Mm-hmm. His tenacity as an actor and as a character to sort of like go, th- not just go through the motions, but like really advance to the next level in yeah. the film. And like, he gives it to us, right? We start at the beginning of the film. He's like a photographer. Yes. <laughs> he's like a photographer. And he's like, his, he has his like portraits up in the, up in mm-hmm. his, his apartment. And he's like, wooing this girl. <laughs> and they're like together. And she's like, oh, you want to meet my parents, boo? And he's like, yes. <laughs> And so they go meet her parents and he's like very at ease. And he's like, okay, this is a white family. Like that's what's up. Yeah. Like I know how to handle them kind of a little bit. Yeah. A white family with black <laughs> servants. <laughs> and then he, and then shit hits the fan. Yeah. So I think he does an incredible job of like moving from motion to motion without letting it feel dry or yeah. without letting it feel like from zero to a hundred real quick. Like he, he, he's the one, he's the heartbeat. He like lets it go. Totally into a really nice even slow burn with a beautiful like just a beautiful finish totally and and it's funny it's not i mean it's not funny but like even through this horrific all of these horrific events terrifying he still finds a way to inject like the teeniest amount of humor into it oh yes because everything's fucking happening and you can tell you're watching him and he's like how the fuck is this what's actually going on? <laughs> How is on? this real? And so like he breaks out of the fucking basement or wherever the fuck yeah, they're yeah, keeping yeah. him. And he goes up, he kills Bradley Whitford and he goes and he sees Catherine Keener and this bitch <laughs> tries to stab him with a letter opener and she stabs him through his hand. Through his hand. And, and you, you see it. In his face. He's just like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you serious right now? <laughs> like this man is literally could could be like at death's door and he's still just like what the fuck (laughs) i'm just like i'm literally still looking up the tsa agent's like character's name (laughs) rod oh rod Rod. okay his ride or die rod rod okay so i want to say something about daniel kaluuya and uh lil ro 
Yeah. They are a magnetic team. Oh, they're so fucking funny. <laughs> they are so funny because Daniel Kaluuya himself is a funny man. Like mm-hmm. he he is a, is an incredibly beautiful dramatic actor, but like like you just said, he can find moments to like inject comedy into the situation and be like what yeah, is happening. He, his facial expressions are just gold. Amazing. They're gold. Um and his instincts are like absolute fire. Yes. Like he is brilliant. And his relationship with Rod in this movie is absolutely magnetic because they're like two peas in a pod Mm -hmm. essentially. And his friend Rod is like taking care of his dog and he's like really mad about it because he's like, (laughs) he's like, he's my best friend, but like, I also don't want to take care of this fucking dog. Like I'm a TSA agent. Like I'm, I'm made for Uh more than this basically. Like he has big ambitions. And so he's always been like very skeptical of like white people in general Mm -hmm. and like, and like this white family and the fact that his like homies dating this white girl. And so he like starts to sort of get into his head when his um when his bff like doesn't answer the phone yeah and he immediately jumps to the conclusion like takes no time immediately jumps to the conclusion which is completely in character for him <laughs> and is like he's gonna he's dead like he's dead <laughs> like he's gonna die he's either dead or he's gonna die and the white family killed him or he's being kidnapped or something's happening to him yeah he's being like sold into slavery exactly yeah. so he literally ups and drives <laughs> i think with the dog with the dog <laughs> yeah to like whatever upstate place this is yeah. and is essentially the savior of the film uh-huh yeah so it's he he comes in he comes in close like a fucking white knight <laughs> like a black knight yeah <laughs> but that's not the saying but yeah in this <laughs> and he saves the fucking day it's so did you ever so watch that movie black knight no See, that's why you didn't get to get what the What is joke. that movie? It's a movie about a knight, a black knight. Like uh-huh. it's like, tra- it's a, about a black man that gets transported into like medieval times and he's like the only black knight. Oh, that's knight. cool. It's actually really funny. What about the dark knight? Not that one. Different things? Different things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but sort of like back to Daniel Kaluuya, Daniel handles this movie with such power like the power and the grace of a man mm-hmm. who is much older than he is yes. um and i know that he's supposed to be playing a person basically his own age like early 30s like late 20s early 30s yeah. like in a really steady relationship but like not quite yet in the stage of like getting married so like meeting her parents like yeah. could be going somewhere could not be and the the journey that he like goes through throughout this film mm-hmm. is like it's just such a joy to watch. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah, but it is a joy to watch him work. It, totally, because like like I said, he has so many different things that have to inform his performance, and that he has to carry through this role. Yeah, but it all comes back to like he is a black man who needs to survive in a white home. Yeah, and you never forget that part, even though like you're still like wrapped up in the entertainment mm-hmm. aspects of the movie, mm-hmm. and it's. It, it, it takes a really talented actor to like make you still remember the social commentary of it through the whole thing, but have that not be like smacking you over the head and taking away from the film, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So 10 out of 10. So good. So good. So good. So good. <laughs> so now we're going to move to another movie. Um, but I, I feel like not a lot of people talked about this movie okay. when it came out. TBH. So I'm going to be honest with y'all. I'm going to level with you. <laughs> not a lot of people saw this movie. Yeah. <laughs> not a lot of people talked about this movie. This this movie, say what you will, 
this is my opinion. I think it came and went. Like, I think, like, p- people, some people were hyped about it. Yeah. I was hyped about it. People were hyped about it. And then it sort of, like, came and then, like, left. Like, there was a bunch of other movies out in 2019. Yeah. That, like, took a lot of the attention. It really overshadowed um, it. Yeah. It overshadowed this, like, because it's a teeny tiny, like, it's a little, I think it's a little, like, indie film. Yes, despite its length and its despite its the length. number of locations. Um, so it's like it's like a teeny tiny indie film, and yeah. it genuinely like I I just think that it got overlooked because there was I mean it's 2019 like there were so many other movies that came out yes. that year that were insane yeah huge blockbuster films. Um, 2019 was the year for mm-hmm. like the Marvel universe or whatever the fuck that is. Mm-hmm. So you know there's a lot of other yeah. films to go see at the movie theater. However. This is my second time watching this movie. And I have to say, I liked it much better than the first time. I really liked it. I hadn't seen it. I hadn't heard anything about it. I mean, I knew what it was about, but Mm. I was fucking pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed this movie because I don't like movies like this. I don't like Lovers on the Run movies. I I also don't like Lovers on the Run movies. It's yeah, it's not my favorite. I also just don't like hanging out with just a couple. Uh I don't know what it is. Like Merrick Story, not my favorite. (laughs) Laura Dern, favorite part of that movie, wasn't even one of the leads. (laughs) uh marriage story not my favorite uh i didn't even bother watching malcolm and marie oh <laughs> like i me neither i don't it's not like a <laughs> it's just one of those things where it's like i don't want to hang out with a couple for very long sure but this movie because of everything that was going on and like this the fucking stakes like yeah hell yeah. the highest stakes Sunny possible up. like yeah. yes absolutely so this movie is queen and slim queen on slim <laughs> Came out in 2019. Story by Lena Waithe and James Frey or Fry. One of the two. Fry. Fry. Frey. Screenplay by Lena Waithe. Directed by Melina Matsukas. Slim, played by Daniel Kaluuya. And Queen, played by Jodie Turner-Smith in her first role ever. So good. So good. Are on a first date that takes an unexpected turn when a policeman pulls them over for a minor traffic violation. When the situation escalates, Slim takes the officer's gun and shoots him in self-defense. Confident that their story won't be believed and now labeled cop killers in the media, Slim and Queen go on the run. But when a video of the incident goes viral, the unwitting outlaws soon become a symbol of trauma, terror, grief, and pain for black people all across the country. So to sort of start off by talking about the movie and then talking about Daniel, oh boy, Daniel specifically. Daniel. Daniel. Um, I was telling Jessica earlier that I really love how this movie treats or it's this movie has a small I don't know how small it is but it sort of like is a nod to the Underground Railroad and like talking about how um, you know because obviously when Queen and Sl- the, the thing happens with Queen and Slim and the police officer mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Jessica had to tell me what this was it's called a dash cam <laughs> yeah I was like the camera that they put in the window of the car the camera in the car um <laughs> they the the dash cam footage basically shows the entire situation and like how it escalated and how slim was essentially forced to act in Mm self-defense and and shoot the cop because the cop shot queen exactly yeah so he he literally had no choice and you could see it in the dash cam footage um and so that footage went fucking viral as we just said and in the movie not in real life although this (laughs) unfortunately does happen in real life correct um and it's a commentary on that but what I like about this movie is it's sort of a nod to that because as they're on the lamb, as they're on the Correct. run, um, they're they're trying to get to Florida and like maybe make it to Cuba at some point. And like, the, it's it's a whole, yeah. watch this movie, it's crazy. It's fucking insane. Um, but as they're fleeing to like Florida, people are like seeing the footage and like recognizing them because they're essentially like, 
they're essentially like heroes to them. Yeah, to certain um, people. To certain people, obviously, not not all, as we see in no. the film. Um, and so they basically take them in and like give them shelter and like food and water and like mm. help them get to the other side, which I think is really, I think is a really powerful connection and a very powerful statement. Yeah, I would totally agree. Um, this film uh, doesn't fuck around getting right into the action. Nah, dog. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> they, they, they set the scene with this date of two people who are super, super fucking different who just went on a date because the girl was bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't want to be alone that night. <laughs> so she yeah. messaged a guy on Tinder that she had ghosted previously. <laughs> um, Jessica. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, um, then he goes to drive her home and that's when that's when they that's get when over. terror ensues. Correct. And so like this is truly this is truly the highest stakes possible. Like we're talking lives are on the line. Correct. Lives are on the line. Society is it like society mm-hmm. is tense. Like yeah. there's a tense war happening with the media, with the people in the nation. Like because this is a much more this is bigger than really them. Yes. Because this is like a representation of this kind of situation mm-hmm. with black people all across America. Yeah. And Daniel does such a good job of showing us just how high those stakes are for them as black people, even though we as white or non-black viewers, we can't ever understand that feeling because if they weren't black or if they were white, they A, might not have gotten pulled over, probably wouldn't got have gotten pulled over at all. Right. And if they had, it wouldn't have escalated. Or if it had escalated, they could probably prove that it was self-defense in court. Precisely. Whereas in this situation, it's basically impossible. Like even yeah. the defense attorneys, like like no one <laughs> yeah. no one is saying, no one in the media is saying that this is gonna end well for them. No. No. They're all calling them cop killers and saying that like they need to be captured and that they're dangerous and et cetera, et cetera, which is just obviously so far from the truth but that's that's the whole point they they do such a good job of making it known that like i said these are the highest stakes possible because if they get caught they're they're done for life it's over and they're in like what their late 20s maybe 30 i think <laughs> they're know? i think maybe even mid 20s yeah yeah well she's a lawyer so maybe so maybe late maybe 20s. late 20s yeah, yeah. <laughs> In America, yeah, late 20s. But but yeah, and so even if like we can't fully understand exactly that type of fear or those types of stakes, it's super, super impactful. Like having actors that are that good to show you that just mm, And sort of like coming off of watching, because I watch these in sequential order, Mm -hmm. which I never do, by the way. Oh, really? Um, I always try and do that. This is, I never do. I watch what I I watch what I feel. (laughs) If I I feel like it, I'll watch it. Um, And for coming off of like his hot fire flames performance and get out, switching to Queen and Slim, where he's like really being a listener. Like he's not really an active person in this film. She's the one who was like calling all the shots and like, and like, cause obviously like she's smart. She's like, she a lawyer. She a lawyer. Listen to her. So I loved watching him go from being a very like active, like, like literally getting out (laughs) Uh Um, and being in an active role to being a a listener, not passive. I really don't want to use the word passive, but like, being a listener, engaging, like listening to someone. And it's not like they're in love. No. They're not in love. <laughs> they're <laughs> Which in I like, think was like a misconception from all of the trailers and stuff. Yeah. 
I I went into the movie theater and I went into watching this film thinking that they were like passionately in love, like like a Bonnie and Clyde situation. No, they're in a relationship of circumstance. Yes, exactly. Convenience. Thank you. I literally was about to say that. They're like in a relationship out of convenience and yeah. like the fact that they literally have to stay together in order to survive. And I love how their relationship over the course of the film, he's like the steady like heartbeat like he's like the steady rock Mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing and i think that he played really well to that strength in this movie i totally agree i i have a note here that it's like the beautiful parts of the character of slim aren't the scripted parts like i would say very little of who the character is is actually on the page right it's it's what daniel brought to it because he brings the sense of like pure emotional truth and honesty that carries the entire story right that remains like the steady thing and we're sort of talking about the fact that this character has no name like this character them do yeah yeah yes and obviously both characters don't queen and slim yeah um they don't even refer to their nicknames really Mm -mm. like the queen and slim nicknames. Um, and (laughs) Jessica to remind me of this, cause I seriously just went through this whole fucking movie (laughs) thinking that they had no names or not that they had no names, but like that no one uttered their names, but she did let, let me know that at the end they do say their, their names. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting because I'm wondering what that process must be like as an actor to not have a, to not have your character have a name and therefore not really have an identity to associate that name with. And like, what do you do with that? And it's like, obviously it's social commentary on the fact that like, you know, America doesn't really see the identity of black people. They only see a body Mm -hmm. and something to antagonize versus an identity, a humanity, a person, um, someone with a name, someone with a family, someone with a, a with goals, with dreams, with career, like career opportunity. Like they don't see that. They just no. see the body, right? And so I'm just wondering, like, I just give him major props, him and his, obviously his co-star, major props for like going into this film being like, okay, we don't really have identities yeah. other than these like key markers that we were given in the script and we just have to go for it. And yeah. I just think that that's so admirable and um, it says a lot and it's a lot to carry as an actor. Yeah, I mean, I think I I think it was super impressive, but also gave them like an element of freedom. But I can imagine that freedom feeling super intimidating, yeah. especially for Jodie Turner Smith, because she's brand <laughs> fucking new. Yeah. But because Daniel Kaluuya is such like a strong pillar. Yes, he's on he's he's just so i can imagine he's such a supportive Mm co-star and a really incredible person to like react with because remember acting is reacting acting is reacting (laughs) and so she i imagine that she must have felt like very safe and very supported yeah i feel like they really just carried each other through this and it was really nice to see that but the thing that I love about Daniel Kaluuya so much, and it's the same in Get Out, is like he's very good at this sort of like survival mode acting mm-hmm. of taking in all of these like exterior circumstances and influences and internalizing them and just kind of being quiet and mm-hmm. going, now I have to do what I have to do. <laughs> <laughs> because he's always put in the worst circumstances. So it's even more impressive. Exactly. So, yeah. And obviously his eyes are ever beautiful in this film mm-hmm. <laughs> the cinematography mm-hmm. in this film is gorgeous it's really it's beautiful really be- like particularly beautiful well the director directed music videos before this yes, yes she did the um she did beyonce video yeah yeah uh, the um uh reformation formation, formation. <laughs> 
formation. Yeah, I was like, I was like making robot arms, like not robot, but like you know how like uh, military people like yes, 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 yeah. <laughs> the the one, the you one know, where they the all one. get in a line. Um, yes, for the formation video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I B, which is why I mean it's it's fucking beautiful mm-hmm. and it it feels a lot like a music video in certain moments. It feels a lot like sometimes it feels like a dream mm-hmm. a little bit, which I typically don't like like i'm not like a big fan of like like dreamscape like uh this is a film but this was done really well well yeah and it also kind of all all tied together the the overall like the the thing about them becoming immortal because spoiler alert they get killed yeah they die at the end they die at the end um and they become like yes they're murdered yeah um, they become like immortalized as these symbols of like freedom and like black power and things like that. And I, re- there was that kid that they met at the auto body shop that they yeah, walked yeah, around yeah. and he told them something along the lines of like, um, like it's like, it's okay if something like that happens. Cause you're going to be immortal. Yeah. You know, like you'll live forever. Yeah. Which <laughs> a kid saying that. Yeah. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? He but knows though. He knows. He knows. And then he also ends up getting killed mm-hmm. too. So it's just, it's fucking wild. And it's really, really powerful because like at the end they, they take this picture together at the auto body shop and then yeah. the picture gets distributed later. And then it becomes like a, like a national symbol yeah, and it gets spray painted everywhere. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's really impactful. It's sort of like talking about how when you are put in a circumstance like that, you automatically become, like you said, this symbol mm-hmm. um, for an entire group of people, for an entire movement, yeah, for an entire generation. Yeah. And like carrying that burden from beyond the grave, woof girl, woof. Yeah. Like you didn't sign up for that in life. You didn't sign up for that in death, but, but like, here we are, here we are. It's, it's really complicated. And I felt a lot of like conflicting emotions while watching this movie. Lots of it. Yeah. Um, but I think like, but that for me, at least like, that's the marker of a good movie, mm-hmm. especially one that is tackling such a complicated issue because it, yeah, you never want to walk out of it only feeling one way. No, I felt <laughs> a myriad of ways. Yeah. And I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that like a a the material was really good yeah lena waith is great if you don't know who she is she was on uh, master of none yeah 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 she played aziz's like best friend um so the material was incredible but it was also carried by two incredibly strong actors one of them being daniel kaluuya sort of carrying like being the foundation for the yeah. film as a whole and just like that lending itself to a beautiful like finish at the end and like he just did such a fucking phenomenal job and like we said earlier, like, I think it was, it like, he probably made, um, what's her name? Feel it. Jody. Jody feel at ease. And like, it just really shines through on this film. Yeah. And I mean, I don't know how they felt doing the movie, but like, I feel like kind of like a privilege to get to play these roles where you're not playing black stereotypes to begin with. Like these, they're, they're characters. They are not what you are usually portrayed in these kinds of stories but then they get like thrust into black stereotypes because of this self-defense crime and like i don't know i feel like it would be a privilege to get to tell that story and make people fucking think about that Mm -hmm. and like what a tough place that is to be in yeah i feel like that's both a privilege and a burden oh oh absolutely but 
I don't know, like getting to smack white people in the face and go like, now think about it. Well, he did it twice. Exactly. He, he, did it he keeps doing and it. And he about to do it again <laughs> with this next movie. Yes. Okay. So uh, Queen and Slim, very good. Very sad. But I think you should Be watch it. Be prepared to cry many yeah. times. Yeah. Many times. Agreed. Uh, this next movie is a more recent endeavor. <laughs> if you didn't catch it on HBO Max, you missed it. <laughs> yeah, uh, because as we told you at the end of what episode was it? Was it? Uh, I think we told you in one of the last episodes the the fucking pursuit we went on. Yeah, the uh, the ultimate pursuit that uh, um, I and Jessica went on yeah. to get this fucking screener was immeasurable. But anyway, <laughs> if it's if you didn't catch it on HBO Max, it's not there anymore. It's available in theaters. Um, and if you have the privilege of having a screener, please watch this movie. Yeah. If you are vaccinated and you're like inoculated and you're chilling, go watch it in the movie theater if you can, if you feel safe. Yeah. Sit far away from people. Far away from people. Wipe down those nasty sticky Otherwise, feet. do not go watch it in a movie theater. <laughs> Just wait till Just it comes wait. out. Just wait. It will eventually return to HBO Max. <laughs> but that movie this movie that we're talking about this mm-hmm. fucking movie of the goddamn year mm-hmm. and it's only march mm-hmm. is judas and the black motherfucking messiah yeah the oh, motherfucker yeah. is not in the actual title no <laughs> <laughs> it's just judas and the black messiah correct uh it came out in the year of our lord 2021 story by will burson shaka king kenny lucas and keith lucas screenplay by will burson and shaka king directed by shaka king shaka king shaka king Career thief turned FBI informant William O'Neill, played by, oh, we just got a little, Lakeith Stanfield, baby, infiltrates the Illinois Black Panther Party and is tasked with keeping tabs on their leader, Chairman Fred Hampton, played by a boy, Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. As Hampton ascends and O'Neill's relationship with the Panthers strengthens, pressure from the FBI only goes stronger forcing O'Neill to sell his soul in order to destroy the revolution and save himself. What a movie. What a film based on a true story. Uh, Yeah. So I don't know if you sort of like grew up with the knowledge. Did you grow up with the knowledge? Of this? Yeah. Of this story? This story. No. No? No, I didn't know. I didn't know about this story until I watched that horrible fucking movie, The Trial of the Chicago Seven. Oh my God, shut up. <laughs> People love that movie. I hate it. And know, I'm not know, afraid to say it. If you want to hear my thoughts, go listen to the Aaron Sorkin episode. <laughs> yeah, go back. Um, it's a hot take. So please go listen. Yeah, but this movie did what that movie wanted to do. And we- could never. Could never. Absolutely could fucking Aaron Sorkin never. who? <laughs> On honestly, honestly, as a director, honestly, <laughs> Aaron Sorkin is a wonderful screenwriter. Period. Uh, once again, and we will see this until we die. Aaron Sorkin should only write movies. He should not direct and write them. <laughs> period. Aaron, I hope you're listening, and Listen you take my advice to the song here in my heart. That song was actually about, about this. this. <laughs> <laughs> um. I I grew up with the knowledge, right? Uh, that's um, wild to me. Which is really cool because- But then again, I was raised by a bunch of white people, so- That's very true. I also <laughs> went to like- <laughs> I went to I went to uh, uh, all public schools all the time. Yeah, no, I had very little knowledge of like what who the Black Panthers were. I mean, I knew oh, who yeah. they were prior to this. I learned mm-hmm. that in like middle and high school, but 
I didn't know about this story. Yeah, this story, like this story was told to me by a series of teachers. And what's really funny and sort of the only thing that I really wanted to bring to this uh, podcast episode outside mm-hmm. of like my, my, my analysis of the film was just the sheer fact that with every grade, with every passing grade and with every teacher I had, yeah. everyone would tell the story very differently. Interesting. And everyone, because the, the teacher would have been the person to have grown up during the time when this happened essentially. Yeah. And so each one of them told it very differently and from like personal accounts as well. Um, because thankfully growing up, the majority of my teachers were BIPOC folks. That's nice. Cause I grew up in, a very underprivileged neighborhood. <laughs> so um, thankfully a lot of them sort of like passed on the knowledge. Yes. And so this story being as wild as it was, like it was very captivating. And so the second that I saw that this film was going to come out, I was like, holy fucking shit. Like, yeah. th- like this is going to be like the story that I've seen in my head, like all of these years, all of these years, <laughs> finally brought to the silver screen yeah. in this way. Yes. And I am truly... I was truly floored. Like I act, like I shed a few tears because I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy because yeah. you can only hear it so many times. And I, you know, I, that's never my experience. Like I, I, I was obviously not, I did not grow up during this time period. What? Um, <laughs> I am not a black human being and I am not a member of the Black Panther Party. Nor were you alive in the- Nor was I was alive. This, this- 60s 70s and so it's not my experience and it's not my story to tell but it was so insane watching it on screen yes um and watching it being told and watching daniel kaluuya as fred Uh, yeah yeah that's crazy uh, before i dig into daniel kaluuya as fred hampton Mm -hmm. i just want to say like the way that this movie begins and sets you up is Uh, incredibly brilliant because if you don't know the story I had known the story prior to watching the movie Mm -hmm. Um, but if you don't know the story Lakeith like when he gets introduced he gets you know arrested by the cops and or by the FBI and they basically tell him like if you you know either you go to prison or you You become become an an informant informant. and then you can go home and as soon as they say or you can go home the like it cuts to the big judas word across the screen and you immediately go like oh Oh. so that's what the fuck is gonna happen exactly and uh (laughs) and he lakeith sanfield plays bill Mm o'neill um who again is an fbi informant yes who if you didn't know is an informant for the fbi correct for Jesse Plemons specifically. For Jesse Plemons. For Jesse Plemons and uh, uh, Martin Sheen as, yeah. uh, as Jan Groover in just, wild prosthetics. Just insanity. This movie goes really good hard. prosthetics, but it is wild. This movie goes hard. It goes deep. Um, anyway, the character of Bill O'Neill, as portrayed in this movie, it really does its best to like humanize him, and yeah. like because all I know is he was a piece of shit. a black man a a black man put in a very difficult situation where he again it's like survival mode he just needed to survive and while i can completely empathize that yeah the way that it was like formulated or the way that the story was told to me every single time was like he was a motherfucker (laughs) yeah but like this movie makes you realize that like even if he didn't always have the best intentions because the way that lakeith plays him is that he is like kind of a dick yeah um but he thinks that he's going to be able to get out of it. Like he yeah. thinks he has in quotes, like served his time yeah. at several different points through the movie he prior, to prior to like the, the pivotal yeah. ending. Yes. Um, so, you know, you, you want to think that he had the 
as good of intentions as he could have under those circumstances. Yeah. So my whole thing is like, I, I love how this movie, like, okay, we have to talk about it because we have to talk about it. Yeah. But obviously like the Academy Awards did a whole thing. <laughs> you guys have already heard it by now. I'm pretty sure you guys would have already watched the Academy Awards. I don't know when this is coming out. I don't really care to know. I believe this is coming out the second week of April. The second week of April. <laughs> <laughs> when are the Academy Awards? In May, right? In May. Yeah. So, um, so probably not. So <laughs> you know what? Ignore everything I just said. But basically... You guys know what happened. The Academy Awards named both of them both as supporting. Both of them as supporting and neither of them as leading. Yeah. Which is kind of messed up. Yeah. And not what they had asked for, which was the only part that I'm like mad about is the fact what that- What had they asked for? Was for Lakeith to be- Lakeith to be leading lead. and uh, Daniel, Daniel to be supported. Which I would say is accurate. Which I would say is also accurate, right? Yeah. I think that it, the movie itself establishes uh, Lakeith Stanfield as the lead. It establishes uh, William O'Neill, Bill O'Neill as mm-hmm. the lead. It well, is his story. Judas. It's Judas and, and the, the black, black messiah. messiah. Yeah. So it's like you could make, I mean, you could make an argument for anything, but sure. I think that <laughs> of all things, that is the most clear thing to Yeah. Me. I mean, we're focused on his journey. Exactly. So. And like his guilt and like his, like it's, exactly. it's his shit. Right. And everyone, everything happening around him and, and everyone around him is just like the cherry on top. Right. Mm-hmm. So to me, it kind of like, I just wish that like, I wish things were different, Jessica. Yeah. I just wish. Yes. A a thousand percent. (laughs) Agreed. But anyway, regardless of all of that, just getting it out of the way, Daniel Kluya as Fred Hampton is a fucking revelation. Yeah. This is fucking like a list energy. Who would have thunk? Who would have thought? I wouldn't have. I'm also not a fucking casting director, but like who would have thought? What the hell? I mean, I guess, I guess if I was casting this movie and said, you know, pick a really amazing black actor to like play Fred Hampton, I'd probably, I feel like I would think of Clea at some point in time. The the thing is, is like he got his cadence right. And like, oh yeah. Oh, oh, the way he spoke and like the accent he got down. I don't know if I would have known that he would be able to do it, but yeah. And, but like, boy, did he fucking do it? His dialect work wow oh wow. my god is out of this i wish there was an academy award for like dialect work <laughs> like right? just accent work. right because in a way <laughs> like i i would argue that impeccable dialect work does not always equate like good acting mm-hmm. because and vice versa it, exactly yeah. like because it is a technical skill yes but that doesn't necessarily mean that your performance is good no. No. <laughs> um, so um i would i would nominate him in a heartbeat yeah. for the academy award for let's it. petition that yes best best dialect slash accent <laughs> work <laughs> um but yeah his dialect work is is amazing to the point where like i had to watch a lot of this movie with subtitles on because his chicago accent is like thick fucking thick it and he does thick. this thing that fred hampton did where he drops the end of like every, every word. word and so you're like what are you saying so um something that we did in school was like listen to like speeches mm-hmm. um like fred hampton speeches he has some really famous famous speeches um on tape and you you could hear them in in the very similar fashion of like you can you you, people would always play like the i i have a dream speech by um dr king same situation right and i you know i was learning english i (laughs) i could not understand it 
I thought you were gonna say that you came out like talking like Fred Hampton. Absolutely not. That's how you learned um, English. Absolutely not. That but would be very funny. No, but I was learning English <laughs> and it was like really difficult because I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, his his accent is really, really thick. It's thick like border. Yeah. And um beyond that, it's like it's it's spot on. Mm-hmm. Like it is spot on and I I really don't think it's coming from a place of like, oh, I'm going to imitate Fred Hampton. No. I don't think it comes from that place. It comes from a place of like, I'm going to embody Fred Hampton. Yeah, I literally and then this have to will, be him. This will just be vomited out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, he and it was so nice to see that because like, obviously Daniel Kaluuya has not been in like tons and tons of movies. He's been in like five or six big ones. But what we have seen of him is a lot of like quiet strength. Yes. Um, he's very like subdued in a lot of his roles uh not the case in this one he is incredibly powerful and he's not like aggressive but he's very loud and very commanding and he's like i don't fuck around you're not yeah. someone that is just gonna ignore my presence right and like it's impossible to yeah it's it's it it really moves you to see specifically daniel kaluuya as fred hampton screaming at the top of his lungs like Mm-hmm. I am a revolutionary. Yeah. Like that is because, and the thing is, is like, you know how, you know how an actor does. They like, <laughs> they take the same line and they say it like a bunch of different ways and yes. it like means different things mm-hmm. with him. He does the same thing, but in very small nuanced ways. Yeah. And he like lets the crowd sort of like swell. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that it's, it's a really magical time. Like watching him do that in the movie was so like captivating and so remarkable. And he was so commanding and the way that he, like, I just really appreciated the nuance of each phrase as he said it. And like the sort of like the swell of the power and the swell of the, not just the volume. It's really not about volume. It was the swell of like the internal power Mm -hmm. that he had for each phrase and it's the same phrase right he's not saying anything different yeah but each one had a different meaning for him and i I could see it yeah no totally and like he has it's like such charismatic power Mm. which is why which is obviously why the fbi saw him as a threat because whether you agree or disagree with his you know methodology his ideology correct like he he's getting people to follow him to believe in and something. to believe in him and the cause that the Panthers are trying to, you know, mobilize. And so if you're a fucking white guy in the FBI, you're going to listen to him be like, Oh, this is terrifying because he is moving people. You're going to, you know, you in the, in the Fabai, uh-huh. you're going to be threatened because he's bringing like, breakfast meals to kids yeah in all of chicago and he's doing x y and z Mm -hmm. and like he's bringing all these free programs and like providing daycare and providing like babysitting providing homework help like he is he is aiming the underprivileged black communities and their children yeah and that's what scares the fbi is the children part it's the part of like well now okay we can't stop anything about like we can't stop the adults being mobilized but like correct the, the sheer fact that they like have a headquarters and like mm-hmm. the sheer fact that they like are within like known in the community and known with like, these cheat these chitlins mm-hmm. it's like it's hard as an fbi agent to not see that as a threat because it is it's like he's molding the minds of like the next generation to think different, to think better. Yeah. So of course you're going to see him as a threat. And to set 
you know, set an entire race of people that they don't want to succeed to set them up for success. Exactly. That's what Fred Hampton was doing. So they're fucking terrified of him, Mm -hmm. which is why they wanted to infiltrate his, you know, entire life and the headquarters. And that's why they ultimately wanted him to die. Precisely. Which, you know, Bill O'Neill gave him up, obviously, and drew them a map of his apartment. And that was sort of like how they were able to get in and like, know exactly where his room was he drugged him mm-hmm. so he was he like bill o'neill drugged fred, ha- fred hampton so that fred hampton was like sleeping soundly in his bed could yeah. not get up and they shot him so of course like the movie is judas and the black and the black messiah mm-hmm. judas being bill o'neill um quite literally betraying um the black messiah in this case fred yeah. hampton so um but genuinely like one thing that I will say that has nothing to do with Daniel Kaluuya's performance mm-hmm. is the fact that he wore a lot of tight shirts in this film. Oh, yes. And I was living. Well, he really bulked up. He really yeah, bulked he really bulked up. up. And it wasn't just like muscle. It was like, it was Mass. like, it's like, you know, when, when there's like a dad who used to have a lot of muscle, but then he's like aged a little bit. Mm-hmm. So he's like still, he's like a unit. It's like but barrel he's chested. Like, yeah, but he's like a little soft. That's what Dan Kaluuya has going on. Oh, and yeah. it uh, really works for him. It really, it uh, <laughs> really works for him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I really liked the scenes where you got to see like the more tender side of him as well with, um, what's his girlfriend's name? Deborah. Yeah. Like, uh, really sweet, which also just made it that much more heartbreaking, obviously. But like, I feel like you don't get to see uh, that side of these, you know, like based on a true story, yeah. historical dramas mm-hmm. about like revolutionaries and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, I really like that part. He's just phenomenal in this movie. Yeah. Like, and he and Lakeith Stanfield, like the tension around them and, like, mm-hmm. and not just like, not just like negative tension, but yeah. like, like just, you know how tension exists in general? Yeah. Um, there's sexual tension. Mm-hmm. There's like ang- angerous tension. <laughs> there's like just like friendship tension. There's yeah. like, and there's just French like, tench, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> they don't say that. French tench. Friendship um, tension. <laughs> um, and there's just this like energy between um, Lakeith Stanfield and mm-hmm. Daniel Kaluuya that is like, ever present yeah. and you cannot you can't not notice it yeah you know? yeah i want them to do like a buddy comedy me too <laughs> i want them to do like a uh like a pineapple express or like a, like a like a like a nice guys yeah <gasps> Ooh, you know the nice guys well looking stanfield already played like a, a detective <laughs> in knives out that's true but the thing is i obviously i want to see them do very well in their independent careers but like i really think that they go so well together they go very well <laughs> together like like um like peanut butter and chocolate peanut butter chocolate cake with kool-aid <laughs> Our album is dropping very soon. <laughs> uh, don't miss our cover of Redbone. <laughs> it's very good. It's very, it's, it's very incoherent. It's very white. We're playing all the instruments with our mouths. <laughs> That's talent. That's talent. That's talent, baby. Anyway, um, if you can get your hands on a screener, watch this movie. If you can't get your hands on a screener, find someone who does have a screener. Yeah. If you can't find someone who has a screener, 
don't go to the movie theater. Yeah, just wait. Unless for you it. are vaccinated and inoculated. Yeah. Uh, and that is our PSA. Our PSA. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that was Daniel Kaluuya. That was Daniel Kaluuya. I have so much more to say about him that I cannot formulate even into words. Do you have any like blanket statements about him? They don't even have to pertain to a specific film. I guess the blanket statement that I will say is, is he makes me feel excited yes. about the film industry. Blanket uh, yeah. film or blanket statement. He makes me feel hopeful and yeah. driven for what's coming and what could be right. Like, I don't even think we have, we, it's, it's, it's crazy to say this because he has done, he has accomplished so much in such in, a small, in such a small amount of time and in not that many movies. Like mm -hmm. he's accomplished things in, you know, four or five films, but like, I feel like we haven't even seen like the tip of the iceberg. I feel like we've scratched the surface of what he can do for yeah. not just the industry and not just, and not just, you know, through his art, but just mm -hmm. like as a, as a human being, yeah. I feel like his presence in the film industry disrupts something and yeah. I don't even know what it is yet. No, it, it's very hard to articulate. And eventually there will come a point when he's done enough or mm -hmm. he's done more than obviously what he's been doing now and things will change. I don't know what in what about him makes me feel so hopeful <laughs> about the film industry, but like having him aboard this insane ship yeah. is genuinely such a joy and such as like such a breath of fresh air. Agreed. I also really want to be his friend. Have you seen him in interviews? He's hilarious. He's hilarious. <laughs> like like I will say the the two people because if I had to name like one one male and one or like one you know person who identifies as male and one person who identifies as female, uh -huh. if I had to name two people, um, I would say like he is the person that makes me feel excited about film mm -hmm. or the, the future of film, uh -huh. and like Florence Pugh's the like oh yeah other one who makes me feel very excited about film and like seeing agree. her do things and like seeing her like conquer what she did in such oh, a short I amount want to of see time. Them in a movie together. <sighs> so it's just like these two people, I like. I am genuinely like I, I wake up in the morning excited to see what they're going to do next. So. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'm stoked about this podcast, because I'm like, there is no shortage of like good shit. There is no shortage. Out. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited. And watching these movies again sort of like reignited my flames, mm -hmm. the flames. My flames for Daniel. So there you go. <laughs> also, like the fact that we had recently watched him in uh, Widows. And uh, he's like one of the best parts of the movie. And he's truly one of the best parts of yeah, the movie. Yeah. Um, remember, we kept referring to him as a bad motherfucker. Because yeah, <laughs> he he's, is. Oh, so good. He's so good and so bad. And so scary. And so scary. <laughs> Monica, what have you dabbled in? I have dabbled in sort of like organizing my office. It looks uh -huh. like trash. <laughs> We're getting there. So uh, I don't know if y'all can relate, but like when you move, there's like this... Like you move and like everything gets put in its place and you're like, okay, ah, everything's fine. But that's because most things are like in their boxes kind of still. And like mm -hmm. everything's kind of neat and like organized. And then you start like uncovering and unearthing the stuff that gets like put into storage. Yeah, and then it Or explodes. like you start buying more furniture that you have to build. And like the trash piles up uh -huh. and the furniture pieces pile up. And everything is not where it's supposed to be anymore yeah. because you're reorganizing and you have work and you're doing other things. And so it's like right now my entire house looks like a war zone and I sort of like have to have to accept that. <laughs> um, but very recently I got a new couch, which Jessica's sitting on. I'm sitting on the love seat. It's like a little love seat that I will eventually also join her on. And then and we'll we can, be in love in love seat. We can play footsies. Um uh, with each other. Yeah. Well, Aaron just has to watch. 
<laughs> and um so eventually i'll be joining on the couch but we're basically trying to perfect our pod setup so that's what i've been dabbling in is perfecting yeah. the pod setup Amazing. because all it just gets to do is come to my house yeah well i mean i also have to watch the movies and upkeep the instagram <laughs> <laughs> very hard work jessica don't you see that i'm trying to make it seem like all you do is show up yeah it, that's but i'm can't you t- see the picture <laughs> i'm trying to paint of you yes and i'm spitting on your picture i spit in your eye <laughs> What have thou dabbled in, Queen? Um, so as you you know this, Monica, but I a while ago I like rearranged my or I organized rather my God, whole closet. A lot of organizing. I did like a big purge. I sent you that picture of that giant pile of clothes that I had in in my closet, anxiety, yeah. and you were like, "That scares me." Um, so I had listed a bunch of stuff on Poshmark. <laughs> If anyone wants to buy my clothes, just hit me up. Yeah, what's your Poshmark? What's your at? I think it's JN Garcia25, but I don't actually JN Garcia25, hit her up, Poshmark. <laughs> so I've been selling a lot of stuff and recently I people like I had like six orders come in out of nowhere. And so I sent everything out and the reviews came back this week. And I have only ever gotten five star reviews. And like these three fucking people out of nowhere gave me like two stars each. What? Yeah, one of them was like cleanliness. I'm like, I wash everything before I send it to you. And it sits in like, it sits in a very isolated portion of my closet, like folded. So all I have to do is go and like pick it up and put it in the bag and send it. So I have no idea what this person (laughs) is referring to. And then another one said packaging. Because apparently like wrapping it in a piece of tissue paper, putting it in an envelope and sending it is bad packaging i guess and it was like a shipping envelope it wasn't paper yeah yeah, yeah. you know it was fucking like bubble wrapped and shit and then someone else said shipping time and i was like i shipped it two days after you placed the order Uh, normal companies take longer to ship wow where the fuck do you get off see this is why i don't fuck with poshmark i don't fuck with depop i don't fuck with facebook marketplace i can't handle like other people's opinions about when i do things or like like, how i I I wish there was a way for me to like issue a rebuttal to these dear valued customer i see that you are dissatisfied with my performance and my materials and to this i write to you fuck off warmly Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm just, I'm mad they brought down my average rating, but it's okay. I have a lot of five-star reviews to outweigh those three, but still, I'm annoyed. That makes me sad. I mean, I've never really been on Poshmark, to be honest with you, so I don't know like what that looks like or whatever, but I'm sorry. It's okay. I have, I have a lot of closet followers. I'll be okay. I'm just. Sure, sure, sure. The little things that they get me. My whole thing is like, I don't like selling people my old clothes because I feel like they'll hex me. I, I, I prefer. They'll hex you? (laughs) Excuse me? (laughs) I just prefer to give them away to my friends. <laughs> literally, like literally ask, like, ask is this my like friends. some like fucking like brujeria shit you believe yeah, in? I do. <laughs> and they have to have like good energy. Oh my God. Cause like, <laughs> this is hilarious. I don't know if I should tell this story, um, but in high school, uh-huh. like whenever I'd like give clothes to yeah. like, like a hat or like a t-shirt mm-hmm. or like something to like, a significant other or like a friend if we had like a falling out i'd like get it back Uh (laughs) and 
That's it. Is there a punchline? Why is that bad? No, I just like get it back. But not not for the reasons that you think. Not because not because I'm like, oh, like it's my that's my favorite shirt or like it's my stuff I want. Because I was genuinely afraid that they would like. Oh, that's okay. (laughs) They would like (laughs) curse it or something. Or like curse me. Oh my lord. So hot hot tea for the day. That's a good thing I already have uh several strands of your hair in my possession, so Hex pending. So we have a question today. <laughs> we have a question today. Did they give their name this time? Uh, no, I don't think so. What the fuck? <laughs> People leave your, or at the very least, come up with a fun name. Or like initials. Oh, initials. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the question is, would you ever date a person who is a picky eater? Okay. Like how picky are we talking? <laughs> So let's just go with, I guess, just to make this interesting, let's go yeah. with like a very picky eater. Okay. Like, like massive pick. <laughs> like, like what, like what kinds of things? Big pickage. Um, like just picky in general. Like you go to a restaurant and they can never just like order like uh-huh. a meal yeah. with like maybe one substitu- substitution. They have to order like, like 500 substitutions. I think it would really annoy me. Um, that, because one, that's annoying. <laughs> um, but also because like I, you and I both love yes. cooking. Yes. I love baking. And like, and like the act of like sharing food. Sharing is like food really is, big for us. is really big for me. Um, feeding people is really big for me, uh, you know, and exploring new restaurants and different types of cuisines. It's like a fucking hobby. It, so... <laughs> This would really bother me. Yeah. Yeah. My thing is like, I feel the exact same way. Like I, I really value food. Like I've always valued food. Food is a very big part of my life and like making food, like going out to get food, like trying new restaurants, like going to like the farmer's market and like picking out produce or like going, going to find like the best quality ingredients. Like this is all really important to me. And like, I'm a very adventurous eater. Yeah. Like, I will try anything once, literally. Mm-hmm. And if I don't like it, whatever, I will, maybe I'll like it sauteed or maybe I'll like it fried. Like I will try anything once and I'll try it in all an assortment of different ways. Like I don't like anchovies by themselves, but I love anchovies in things. Like I love Same. the flavor of anchovies, but I have no desire. I have once and then have never done it again. I have no desire to like bite into an anchovy. <laughs> Um, so it's like, I'm an adventurous eater yeah. and I like that about myself. Like, I like that I can go to a restaurant and like pick something and be like, what is this? And like eat it. And then I, I can either viscerally hate it or yeah. like really love it. And I'm okay <laughs> with that because I like that experience. Like I like the experience of being no, totally. bamboozled or pleasantly bamboozled. surprised. <laughs> um, because I think like, you know, the, you know, food sharing in general is mm-hmm. like really special to me and like yada 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 y'all already know yeah. i've said enough I, sentimental things i mean if this today. if this comes down to dietary restrictions for you know reasons then it's like whatever uh, i'm right. not gonna be an asshole but but it is annoying it's dif- it's difficult yeah so <laughs> um wh- i will say this as someone who has uh, a dietary restriction so like i'm allergic yeah. to dairy so i can't really have it unless i want to break out in hives yeah i'll say this pizza night i will say this because I love food so much, uh-huh. I literally will eat it. <laughs> like, <laughs> especially if like, if I were to go like, on like a tour of like cheeses or whatever, sure. I will have at the, at the very least a bite of each because I just want to taste it. Like I want to know what it tastes like. Yeah. Um, I will itch myself to death if I don't know what it tastes like. <laughs> um, so all that, all this being said, I'm married to a picky eater. <laughs> 
Aaron. I'm married to a very picky eater, and I will be honest with him in the room. Uh, it's very tricky. Like, yeah. it's very tricky to navigate, especially when it's like picky I with a nut allergy. With a nut allergy, yeah. But just generally, like, very unadventurous. Like, does not like <laughs> wants like a piece of like grilled chicken and like broccoli, <laughs> and like calls that like cuisine. <laughs> so, um, so my whole thing is like. <laughs> that's sort of that, that's sort of like what we're working on is like trying to get him to see <laughs> that like there are other foods in this world Aaron did you secretly submit this question so that uh you could get Monica's <laughs> true thoughts on this because you were afraid to ask her straight up <laughs> Aaron also doesn't like fruit yeah he hates fruit which really bothers me because all I eat is fruit Aaron eat a blueberry no it just makes me really mad <laughs> Um, it just makes me really mad, especially because like I love I love fruit, I love smoothies, I love fruit on like you know some people like for example my boss really hates like fruit in like things that are not fruit related like she hates fruit on like a salad or like fruit on like chicken or like you know what I mean like sure. she hates that which I find insane because I love a fruit on an on another thing I love an unexpected combo I love an unexpected I combo. love when they're like ooh this is chicken served with grilled peaches and yeah you're like, fucking sign I'm me like, up fuck yeah i love strawberries in a salad i love like i love like pears with like some or gorgonzola yeah sure like i'm <laughs> sign me up you know what i mean yeah. like sign me I'm up yeah um but yeah i'm married to a picky eater and it's not the best <laughs> okay. well um uh, so that's our answer we're just a bunch of assholes yeah we're really judgmental but it's fine i think to be honest, like I, I have a dietary restriction. Yeah. So I understand when there's like not an option for me, I'm sad. Sure. But I also like, I'm also very adventurous and very risky. <laughs> so you always got that Benadryl. I always pocket. have that Benny in my pocket, yo. <laughs> so, you know, to each their own, I think that it, it comes down to a level of like, you know, I think pickiness says something about a person and like it says something very specific about a person. Yeah. And I think like there's either picky because they haven't tried it uh-huh. and they can't get over the fear. Yeah. Or there's picky of like, no, I've tried it and like I'm, I fundamentally do not like this period. Correct. Like me and, and cilantro. Yeah. Like shut the fuck up. Like, I'm sorry. I just, I don't like the taste. So, right. So, and then there, but then there's like picky, like, uh, like disinterested. Yeah. Does that make sense? And yeah, so yeah. like I, don't fuck with the the group of picky and disinterested. Yeah, because they're just boring. Exactly. It's just like, eh, I have no desire. Yeah. Mm. I'll just eat another potato. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't fuck with that group, but yeah. I fuck with the two other groups. Agreed. <laughs> now you know, listener. Now you know. <laughs> so if you want to date Jessica. <laughs> Two-pointed. <laughs> you know what to do (laughs) you know who to be (laughs) yeah because monica's already wifed up to a uh a picky picky eater which we're working on it (laughs) (laughs) just slowly like slip him little pieces of fruit well that's literally what i do is i'll be like oh there's tomatoes in the salad and i'll be like oh well i don't (laughs) like tomatoes either well i guess you have to eat them (laughs) and i'll go oh <laughs> oh boy. Anyway, as always, don't, don't sue us, Daddy Fabro. Goodbye, Monica. Goodbye, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs>